Welcome to the Thrive Without Limits podcast. I'm your host, Jake Deichler, an Olympic athlete, husband, and father. Join us every week as we bring you inspiring stories and valuable lessons to help you thrive in all areas of your life. Let's get after it. Welcome back to episode six of the Thrive Without Limits podcast. In this next episode, we sit down with 2024 Olympic hopeful Pat Smith. He's a good friend and four-time senior Greco-Roman world team member. He has 10 years plus of wrestling on the senior Greco-Roman circuit all across the world. He's been to 30-plus countries over the course of his career. He's a good friend, and I also just want to give everybody a heads up that we actually recorded this episode from Asana, so I want to apologize in advance for any sound issues. Thanks for tuning in. If you want to hear more, please hit that subscribe button. Enjoy the show. I, love, I think they should be part of the thing. Maybe you should change the name of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Talking to Sana. <laughs> Sana talks. So, <laughs> all right. So, let's talk about this. So, you just went to Croatia. Yeah. Pat Smith here, Jake Deichler. Uh, Pat's coming over, hanging out. You just came back from Croatia. Tell us about it. Yeah. So, we actually did like a couple week trip, um, three. Minnesota Greco guys from the yeah, the Minnesota Storm Club, uh, myself, Richard Carlson, and Dylan Gregerson. Um, so we actually started in Ukraine, which is kind of crazy um, with the situation going on. Yeah. Hold on. You, I forgot about that. How did you yeah. get into Ukraine? Well, anybody you can technically go there. There's a travel advisory against it, obviously, because there's there's a war going on. Um, yep. And I don't think I would in- encourage people to really do that until things settle down. But we had uh, we've been we've been helping out this Ukrainian couple um, since uh, with with the club since uh, I think November of 22. They got here. Um, yep. So Jora and Christina Bovian. Uh, Jora was uh, seventh in the. 21 worlds in Oslo and Christina actually has like two, two world medals herself. Um, and Jorah was also like fifth in the, uh, European games. So really high level, he's 60 kilo guy, but he's, he's from dude. Ukraine, but they, they fled the situation. And, yeah. and, uh, I got a call from Arsene Juvalakian who, um, multiple time world medalist and Olympic medalist and, uh, world champ from Armenia. Yeah. Uh, cause Jorah has like Armenian blood. Um, it's like Armenian by blood, ethnicity or never born in Ukraine. <laughs> he called me and asked cause he'd come out here a while back and he asked if uh, we could do anything for him. And, um, yeah, Rich, uh, you know, was kind enough to offer up his basement. So, um, I had a, Rich another, Carlson was over there he, with you. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and this is just kind of the story of how these, uh, Ukrainians ended up in Minnesota. Um, which is pretty cool. Um, so Rich was kind enough to offer up his basement. Um, and I, uh, I had a friend that was parking a car at my house that wasn't getting used. And he was kind enough to let, let Jora use the, the car it was just 2001 Escalade. And it was oh like, yeah. The, yeah. 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 And, looks uh, like an avalanche. It's like yeah, a truck. Yeah. It's like a truck. That thing was beast. And, uh, so, we set him up with some wheels and, uh, and a place in the, in the club and he started coming and training with us and, uh, we got him on their feet and they also got hooked up with the CrossFit gym that, uh, that Rich goes to city of lakes and they were like unbelievably helpful as well. Like really uh, people, uh, like old community, where's that CrossFit at? Uh, Golden Valley. Yeah. And, and the yeah. whole community just, uh, like came around them and, you know, found ways to raise money for gift cards and different things like that to get them on their feet. Cause they were originally on a tourist visa and they couldn't, yeah. they couldn't work and stuff. So, um, 
uh, we were able to, you know, get them going. And then we eventually, it's kind of rabbit trailing a little bit, but we eventually sent them to um, Mexico and then brought them in. And Rich was their sponsor for the United for Ukraine program uh, because you have to actually lead the country and then come back part in of the pro- under the program. Oh, so, so if you came and you're not part of it, yeah. you got to find a way to come and honor this program. Yeah, because they were just on like a tourist visa and that clock was ticking. So we had to figure out how to keep them going. But now with the United for Ukraine program, they're able to have work status for two years. Um, so they both uh, had jobs. She's working. She worked at Hold the Wheat. It's like a gluten-free bakery down the street from their house. Yeah. In St. Louis Park. Yeah. And then he, he uh, has had a couple different gigs, but now he's uh, working for Xfinity as like a as a cable technician, yeah. you know, whatever they call it. Yeah. That's so awesome. yeah, they're on their feet. They're fully American. And Christine is about to have like uh, their first, her first baby here in like the next, within the next month. No so, way. Yeah. They're full born Americans. So, so they're uh, here. They're. Yeah. So, yeah. So now they're actually renting Rich's house and, uh, that's right. Rich has kind of been our, become our international liaison. So he's, he's <laughs> renting a duplex <laughs> with our Japanese world champ that moved here. He Ken moved Matsui. here too. Yeah. And he's uh, he's here for the whole year. Um, Hold on, what year world um, champ was he? 2021, 55 kilo. 2021 yeah. world yeah. champ, 55. Is he yeah. still competing? No, he's Is done. It? He actually had concussion problems. Same type of deal. Yeah, so he um, oh, you go back and watch his matches from the U23s that same year or the year after, and he gets knocked out cold, and it kind of retired him. But he uh, he came here, and he's doing like in a very rigorous uh english immersion program at at the u so like he goes to class from nine to four every day and only they only speak english and it's people from all over the all over the world and yes. he's figuring it out yeah and so uh, he's learning yeah that'd be so he's, hard to learn a language he's coming along like I, he definitely understands stuff a lot better now um the speaking is still slow but um yeah, because I'm a little little banged up, and he's been he's been putting me through workouts the last couple of days and kicking my butt. I'm like, show me what what you do when you're injured in Japan. And no and way. He's, he's so a, like, yeah. what type of stuff are you doing? Like when you're if he's injured or what? Even? Yeah, a bunch of upper weight, body weight stuff, like in, yeah. in different things. But Bands he's pretty all. creative. A lot of just burnout. Yeah, we did. Uh, um, well, the most interesting thing is the first thing he said was, uh, "We're gonna pummel, but we're gonna sit on the bench." So he's sit and pummel on the bench <laughs> no that is it's awesome good, it, man it burns your arms out pretty good like after that's creative while, though you know? because yeah. here there's no you're taking that part out of it yeah yeah it's good actually. Anyways, anyways, yeah anyways, and it actually takes a lot of core i remember i remember seeing some guys do that like and joe was doing it once joe Rout was doing it once when he <laughs> when he had a knee injury and we were all laughing about it but then we had tried it like damn this is kind of hard actually like actually, this, this is pretty hard <laughs> So yeah, it's great. It's good, yeah. So, um, but yeah, so Ken's living with uh, with Rich at a duplex and yep. learn English, and he's here for the full year. And uh, he uh, yeah, he came over to learn English and wants to, um, you know, eventually run his run his own club. So he wants to learn about the American club system. So we've had him over at wow. Pinnacle. He brought his belts. He's 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 got a cadet world title and a senior world title. Oh, so he's a bad. Yeah, dude. and uh, he's a bad. Dude. Yeah, I think he took third in the juniors as well. Like he's oh man, his reverse lift stuff. You got to come and that's what it is. It's it's amazing. And so what's so his... smooth and his transitions are great and he's super tricky. That and his two on ones are out of this world. They're great. Yeah, the top level. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh-huh. Um. Is he going? So he wants to eventually go back to Japan and take 
kind of the concepts, or is, or is he want, thinking here? He's not here? sure yet. Yeah, maybe I actually asked him that question yesterday. He's yeah, like, what do you yeah, say? Maybe, maybe he can stay where, you know, like, we got to kind of figure out with the immigration, because he's on a student visa, right? Yep. So, uh um, Is that a two-year situation? I think it's a one-year, one and he may be able to get an extension. I'm not sure exactly, um, yeah. but either he'd have to get, like enroll in another program which is going to cost money or he'd have to like get a work visa sponsored or we'd have to get him one of the like oh one visas from my understanding i'm not an immigration lawyer yeah. but um we'd have to get him like an oh one visa which is a higher performer we'd have to figure out how to get that through but i mean he's definitely expressed interest in staying here and he seems to like it so uh it would be really cool like if anybody out there knows anything about that stuff yeah. you know an immigration you know, lawyer please yeah. uh we got plenty of guys Please reach out. working on the, the, especially the 01 visas. So yes. for Ken, uh, Christina, or Jora, we got a lot of high performers. We want to keep them around. <laughs> That's amazing. People are watching, right? And they kind of suggest that, uh, that like, oh, hey, you should look up, you should be a wrestler. You know what I mean? Kind of like yeah. what we would do too. Yeah. But then they get pushed into like, maybe like a sports school that's specifically for wrestling where they go to school, but they also train throughout the day as well. Is, this is kind of like my understanding of it, yeah. right? And they get to go through that. Yeah. Um, and then they kind of get put in the track to go from, from what I got, you know, and then they have their different levels, right? Like um, of this master of sport, right? And then yeah. there's like one level is like your Ukrainian champion. Another level is like your European or world champion. And then another ch- level is like your Olympic world medalist, you know, multiple times. And, and, uh, I, want, I wish I could remember exactly what they called each one. They had like different tiers for each one of them. And yeah, yeah it was, uh, it was pretty interesting, but, um, yeah, so we went over there because it was kind of pitched as like, uh, you know, we got to work with these really high level guys as well as, um, you know, talking or like being able to work with this super high level coach and have a little more one-on-one time and stuff, yeah. which was, which was cool. Um, yeah. yeah, that was really good. And then we, we went from there to, um, the training camp in Croatia um, which was, uh, uh, the post like ranking tournament camp where yep. you, you have, you know, you, you usually get like a lot of the top 10, you know, countries in the world, you know, top 20 countries in the world, they all come together and they do this training camp for a couple weeks. Um, so it's just kind of like one of the best rooms you can get throughout the year. Um, and, uh, they do like, a, you know, just a lot of like live sparring and live goes and stuff. And, you get a lot of different looks. So it was really good. Um, so we kind of started out with the, with the, a little bit slower paced, uh, you know, um, like club practices, I guess you would say in Ukraine. And then we went over to Croatia and, and got some more, um, just a broader amount of looks and everything like that, which was just really beneficial, especially for, I think, you know, like Rich and Gregerson, you know, cause I don't have a ton of international experience. This is my yeah. fourth time out of that Croatia camp. So, um, so you've been there. This, yeah, you're you're getting yeah. Se- you're a season back. Yeah, you're showing up. You're yeah, like, oh, yeah. I know the routine. Yeah, and it is it is interesting. It's like a lot of the usual suspects with only a few new faces. Really? I mean, it's, it's you kind of think about it like right, yeah. like this level of wrestling would be similar to being on like a, like a pro tennis tour or a pro golf tour, right? It's like it's yeah, elite most of the elite. Of the, yeah, the most of the same guys. They don't go anywhere. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. And uh, so you're seeing this this the small fraternity of really elite wrestlers 
pretty much all over the world and and a lot of those guys in europe are training together like a couple weeks out of every month you know they're just kind of popping together and then they they put together maybe it's not always the exact same training camp yeah. but, but they're all popping together to go to different training camps throughout the throughout europe quite a bit um and it's it's pretty interesting uh how much they're doing plus a lot of them are also wrestling in, in bundesliga too bundesliga yeah. so is that germ it's like nordic countries right is, uh, there, yeah. is, is it all europe it's german based right it's the german yep. um and i think they have from what i understand like bundesliga is just like the league they have all sorts of different sports but they have a rest pro wrestling league in it and uh so it's pro greco yeah yeah and actually the way they do it it's it's a uh, half freestyle half greco for the for the uh for the match so they have a bunch of guys um, like on their roster and then they think they pick the weights yeah. and uh, so half the weights are freestyle half the weights are Greco for that dual meet and then um, then they do a dual meet and they do like a whole league and a championship dude um, this is awesome yeah and there's a, so cool there's like a accolade um, kind of like salary cap I would com- equate it to right yeah. so like accolade point system so like if you're a world medalist you take up so many points on the roster so it's like it's like nfl like you're only allowed so many accolade points per team yeah yeah instead of money though it's how good you are at wrestling so it tries to keep the the playing field level right across the board and you have to have so many german guys on the team wow yeah did you they've they offered you to like get on a team or no i've tried to get in there a couple times what was that ones that i've had uh like connections with or whatever they've always had pretty uh solid guys at my weight and the thing is is like if you're not german then you cost more points if you have like continental or world medals you cost more points oh, right so, so they're like, like so some of these this is kind of crazy but like some guys like get signed by these clubs when they're little kids if they're from another country so that they could be German, you know? Oh, <laughs> no way. So they That's track them. They yeah. track them. Yeah, yeah. Almost. Yeah. Is that more of like a soccer concept? Or Maybe. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I can't speak to yeah. that because I'm not in that world. But, um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty interesting how they, how they do it. But it's really cool. So those guys, you know, they get paid, like, whatever a match and they get flown down there with the club every week and yeah. and uh so they're competing against each other all the time too not just at these like uww tournaments but also in the, and there's in only the so many of those grand prix uww ranking yeah. series so yeah they have, yeah so yeah. you're you're at that level uh yeah so it, it's it's kind of a cool world over there it's uh it's definitely different and you know greco's such a big deal over there as well you know yeah what's the difference of like because in the U.S., right, like, especially now with how big folk style is, the club scene, mm-hmm. you get your short and freestyle Greco, it seems. I mean, you have junior nationals and whatnot and the duels. And, but, like, what's the difference over there? Have you seen with, like, Greco compared to here? Well, I mean, as far as, like, like investment in Greco and everything like that, like, there's certain, a lot of, most of those, like, smaller European countries, I mean, they only focus on Greco. I mean, you look at, like, yeah. like, um... Like all the Nordic countries, yep. really only have Greco programs. Finland, um, Sweden, yeah, Norway, Norway. Uh, Denmark, um, and then they have women's freestyle programs as well. And then yep. you know, um, even Germany invest seems to invest quite heavily in, in Greco, even more than freestyle. And uh, um, a lot of those like former Yugoslavian countries, like Serbia, Croatia, um, yep. those kind of places. Um, you know, and then you've got like the other Eastern Bloc, like Romania and Kyrgyzstan, Moldova, and yeah. you know, and and all these places are primarily um, really, really strong 
in Greco, right? Yes. So you have all these little pockets and stuff of, of guys. And, and it, it really, from what I've noticed, is it really widens the, the talent pool where where there's so much turnover, right? Like so many guys that are like, um, that are that are meddling one year and then, then somebody new comes in the next year and meddles. And, and there's just like the, the margin is so, so much more, um, I guess, like spread out with that. Yeah. Um, because all these, these countries have really strong, pretty strong programs, you know? Um, so there's really good guys. Like you like look back in the Asia River, like all those former Soviet countries are running (laughs) under the same system and, and, uh, they produce now what, like eight or nine guys versus back in the day, it was like one guy. Right. Yes. Um, yeah, so you, you like I, that's one thing I've definitely noticed is like, there's so many quality guys from all over the place, and it's amazing. Yeah, I just think it's so cool. Like, talk about ease. Like, they're going. The kids are going to school. They're like, oh, it's my third hour. I got to go train. Yeah. Greco. <laughs> You're ten <laughs> years old. Be, right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. think about that. Like a lot of these clubs, the kids' parents are driving a minimum usually a half hour yeah. one way to get to practice. You know, on a Sunday versus like. Oh, it's two o'clock. It's time to go to practice. Yeah, it's that's, like all set up in the thing. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, yeah. And we're like so much more spread out here with different disciplines, right? There's so much. There's opportunity in so many different yes. areas, right? And yep. I think people just maybe attract to the opportunity, and um, like there's so much opportunity and and hype around like the folk style, you know, with the opportunity to go to college and all those things. And is part of that now. Yeah, and which just throws else. a whole other crazy wrench into it, right? And, yep. Um, so you yeah, got kids and kids and parents are pushed down, you know, that path. Yep. Right. So, and then our skills are always focused on that path. Right. So yeah. when you turn 22 or 23, I guess now with, with COVID years, everybody's like 28 or whatever they are coming out of college, but <laughs> whenever it is, and you want to go to your national career, the, uh, the transition, is it, it takes a little bit of time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I never, and to be honest, like looking back, I don't think I ever, I never had, that's what's so cool. Like looking at your career. Cause I remember you going to the trials when we were roommates in 2012. Yeah. And then we're coming up, it's 2024 I know. and you're going to be, you know, I was still high and it's like, that's what's so cool. Yeah. And that's 10 years. I remember watching those. I was like, man, this could be like, I was thinking about your story and stuff. Like this could be the only time I get to go to trials, you know, like this could be my only chance to like make an Olympic team. But you never know. Right. And I, don't know. I was like, I'm like, I got to go for it because I was living across the hall from you. <laughs> That's you know, right. Yeah, you know, That's right. Happen, you know, and you'd, already, you'd already made it happen. I was four years behind at that point. Yeah. And uh, I was only 20, 21. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah. But in that time, like, you know, you can't cover 10 years and 45 minutes, but like, how many countries have you been to training in Greco? You know what yeah. I mean? Where is it brought you? I mean, it's brought you a ton. But yeah, my count is like, uh, like international travel and, all of it has been wrestling related. So wrestling's got me over, like I've been able to travel over 30 countries, um, you know, and yeah, I competed all over the world and, um, and with like, yeah, the best guys in the world and stuff. And, um, it's been a pretty amazing, like you talk about opportunity, pretty amazing opportunity to be able to do that. Right. And like, it's very unique to, or, I don't think a lot of people are going to get that. I never thought that I'd get those. When you're starting, you know, like, like you're looking back as you're getting into senior level. So you're like, yeah. Oh, I'm going to do this for this amount of like, Yeah. Yeah. And you're, you don't, you don't yeah. know. And you're doing yeah. That's what's so cool. Exactly. Even talking to like Raul last week and you, it's like, 
I think that's what people look at. It's like that testament of time, you yeah. know, and consistency and being up there. And yeah, I mean, you've made what? Four world teams? Four senior teams, yeah. Four senior yeah, world teams, which is amazing. Team. In yeah. university. Yep. Yeah. No, it's, it's been a crazy run, and I uh, I didn't expect it. You know, I mean, I, I talk about opportunity. I remember when uh, Chandler called me up and asked me to train with you before the Olympic trials yeah. in 2008. You know, yeah. I'm like, that was like an opportunity of a lifetime for me. You know? like, <laughs> yeah. And I learned time. a lot. Yeah, yeah. It was cool. You know, like, yeah. I've been going to like, I still remember that. There was nobody to train. Yeah. Like, where's guys that want that's, to come that's, 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 that's like the epitome of uh, Greco in the United States sometimes. <laughs> too. It's, not a, it's a lonely road. You it's know? networking, it's, it's finding partners. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Making it happen. Like, even Paulson's story, I always think about that. Like, how he is like, Every day you had to find a find a partner to work out with, you know. It's like at least I know I got like a couple guys that are always yeah. there, you know, which is great. And like, you know, most of the time before he moved, always Ortiz was always gonna be there, right? Yeah. It's like Joe Dashu and Fritz Sherrill are always there, you know, and yep. I got Gregerson and uh Lamont and all these guys and so like the Storm Club has kind of like built up a little bit la- more the last yeah. couple of years and uh, before he had moved was Ryan Epps and you know talk about this guys. well tight you've had a huge part like well first oh, so yeah so talk about the Storm <laughs> Club a little bit like Minnesota Storm has been around for a long time yeah it has a storied history it has tons of Olympians yeah for years talk about where it's at what what's exciting about it right now because you guys are seem like you've been you've been grinding to grow this thing yeah like obviously job. you know when people know like it's it's just been amazing what's what what has happened in minnesota with specifically greco roman wrestling you know i think the count is 36 olympians like 85 world team members i think a third of the medals that the u.s has won in greco have come out of minnesota which is pretty amazing you know uh with the most recent that, that minnesota's had is andy bezik you know yeah. um and uh yeah, one of the five world champs, you know, Mike Houck, and two national team coaches. Uh, yeah, nine Olympic coaches, I think. Yeah, so it's uh, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, that's right? a big deal. The world's youngest Olympian, right? <laughs> <laughs> the country's youngest Olympian, yeah. I guess. Yeah, long time. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just like pretty amazing, like storied history, and um, it ebbs and flows, right? Like yep. of interest in. There's pockets and stuff. Like, like the world year after an Olympic year. Yeah, sometimes you, sometimes it's down because you got new guys coming in, yep. and old guys like retiring, and yeah, and uh, it's always kind of like it's different, you know, based on interest, and it's always just kind of like based on momentum too. You know, you get a little bit here, a couple guys maybe move, um, or or uh, you know, a couple guys start having success, and it starts building a little bit more momentum, and the culture's good, and. And wrestling's so like dependent on the room too, right? The it culture is. in the room, it who's is. in there, and and the uh, energy, and yeah, the, and the attitude, yeah, yeah. In the last couple of years, it's been it's been it's been picking up a lot better. And last year was one of our better years since uh, since we had a really good group before the 2016 quad as well. Yeah, um, but we had like five guys make the national team last year. Um, three guys make final X and then myself made the world team. And yeah. So, um, yeah, it's definitely like, it's definitely up, you know, but like, uh, so it's, it's, it's cool to be, be around that and, and, uh, and feel the energy and guys are getting the bug a little bit and more guys are getting themselves overseas, you know, and, and, uh, competing more and seeing stuff. And, um, so yeah, so that's been really, 
like it's been cool to be around you know that's amazing yeah Chandler's still around yep yeah yep. Chandler's, Chandler's still, still, still around in the room yep. you know like that guy's seen everything and that, like to think about this like the club started in 1968 you know and yeah. Chandler's been there for majority of, of that time right so the club like Alan Rice was the guy that was like the godfather started the whole thing and and Dan made his first Olympic team in 1976, and he's been around <laughs> since then. But like the the tree, amazing. the tree that's come off of that guy is like it's <laughs> insane, you know? It's like, amazing. Yeah, and like the group that they had in that 70s, 80s, and into, into the 90s and early 2000s was was pretty nuts with that like string of success that they had. And, an Olympian from every Olympics from 68 to like 2016, and <laughs> that's a big, that's, that's yeah, so cool. yeah, that's so cool. So, I mean. And you've been around, like, was Mike Howell from your hometown where you grew up in Chaska in high school? So Mike's actually from Robbinsdale back when, like, Robbinsdale was in its, like, heyday, yep. you know, from, yep. a, like, a wrestling school. Um, but he was a shop teacher in Chaska. So uh, after he was uh, did his stint with USA Wrestling and was a national team coach, he uh, ended up teaching. And then he ended up in Chaska. And then yeah. so... Um, some of the dads got him to like pull in. So the first time I met him, I was probably like fourth or fifth grade and, uh, he was trying to show us like back arches and stuff. And everybody's like, what is going on? Yeah. No, he, yeah. He it must've imprinted on you and just changed his trajectory a little yeah, bit. Yeah. I think just like the, the person that he was, was yeah. probably like the biggest thing for me. That's um, true. Like, yeah. You know, the right person in the right place yeah. at the right time, you it's know, kind of like a school subject or something where yeah. Like maybe, you know, I don't know, I wasn't particularly interested in math, but my math teacher was pretty awesome. So I, yeah, exactly. you know, decided to do this kind of like that. Like didn't know much about Greco, but my Greco teacher was pretty awesome. So. <laughs> you figured, yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. That's yeah. a good way to put it. And he was the first world champ in the U.S. history yeah. in 1985, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's he, a bad, bad man in his own role. Yeah. Crazy story. He had like beaten Frazier, who was the first Olympic champ, six times going to Olympic trials. That's and then right. lost in three matches. It was, was close. It was yeah. really close. It was actually winning in the last 30 seconds, even maybe, of the uh, third match. Wow. And uh, got taken down to his back out of bounds, oh. like, and lost on criteria. Just kind of like a weird fluke thing. And yeah. So uh, Frazier goes on and wins the 84 Olympics, and then Hop wins the uh, 85 World Championships wow. the year after that. It's, it's pretty real, cool. man. Cool to have that depth, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Those, are, those are good guys. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, because Steve coached me for a year when I moved out to Olympic Training Center, like 2009, so I got to know him. But I never got to know him. I just hear a lot through you, and it sounds uh, like a winner, too, man, in his own right. Yeah, yeah. The mindset. I was So, you know, a lot of guys ask, like, what's the what are the benefits of doing Greco, like, for high school kids, listening folk style kids? How does Greco and the skills you learn translate to folk style? Yeah. You know, as a positive, right? Like, yeah. You know, I mean, does it, what do you think are the biggest, like, hey, here's the takeaways. This is how it's going to help you. Yeah. I can throw, like, my two cents, but I like to hear you too, because you get, like, like, a lot of, like, coaching experience and stuff as well. But yeah. um, I think, like, you know, as a base level for any, like, high school guy that wants to get better in anything is you just got to get on the map more, right? Yep. And then from, like, a perspective level, you wrestle freestyle and Greco, you get a different perspective on how to look at wrestling, which which is going to help, like, broaden your horizons of, of your approach to wrestling, right? Like, yeah. um, and Greco specifically, it's, it's so unique right now. I'm taking away half the body. I got to figure out how to score yep. by only attacking half the body. Uh, think about how much more you have to dominate that guy to beat him. Right. So if you can be the guy in Greco, like, you know, 
a lot of times you can you can own them in freestyle too right? yeah like, because you're just you're just dominating the position you're dominating the ties that much more to the point where uh you know you only need half the body to work with right yeah. so sometimes like sometimes yeah maybe it is it is harder to score but that's the point right like it's it's harder to score because you have to be that much better yep. at the position to win the position you know there's no that position that that control ties mm-hmm. that fight aspect of yeah. it it's a big deal. Yeah, and then the other side of it too, with guys that are like interested in MMA and everything, I think it translates like so well to MMA. And you look at the history of guys that have done really well, especially in the early parts of MMA. They were a lot of Greco guys. Randy you know, Couture, Dan Henderson, Dan Daniel, Henderson, yeah, Olympic uh-huh. Greco guys, yeah, yep. Olympic trial final for Randy Couture, Matt Lindland, Matt Lindland, yeah, yeah, Chael so, Sonnen, all yeah. these guys, yeah. right? A huge Greco background. Yeah, and and it's it's because they they know how to own position and control ties from a standing up position, right? Where you actually like, you're fighting standing up, you're not fighting bent over, right? Yes. You're gonna get knee in the head. Yes. You're bent over, and um, so then there's a lot of there's a lot of crossover and parallels and in in the different styles of you know martial arts, and I think like expanding your horizons and everything is just it's gonna help you in in all things, right? And then maybe. Maybe you didn't even know that you were that kind of guy. I remember my brother took me to my first Greco tournament, and, and he's like, you want to go to this? And I'm like, what's Greco? You know what I mean? They didn't know. What it, nobody knows what it is, you know? But maybe maybe your your style is more suited for that, or like your body type, or your your strengths, right? Like 100%. So for me, I like contact. It helps Yeah, a yeah. You're you a physical I mean? guy. Yeah. You yeah. like hands-on. Yeah, I hands wasn't on. always the slickest guy, you know? Yep. And, and uh, Greco penalizes you from for space so that's yeah, great like, for me i'm you not know? gonna let you breathe i'm gonna pull on yeah. your head for six yeah. <laughs> like stop yeah Get me. yeah yeah 100 i so, love it i yeah. love it i do remember like you know greco like just that fight as like it's always hands-on it's yeah. always in the fight you're always fighting for position at every that's what's so fun about yeah. it. yeah and picking a guy up and throwing him over your head i don't know if there's yeah any, <laughs> I, I always that, thought that, that was the ultimate sweet. yeah you know like Dan Gable talks about was the ultimate being the pin and folk style or, you know, skills. If you're, if you're slick, if you're taking down, cut him guy, but in Greco, it's like when you, everything you got to get a guy off the mat and lift him. I mean, that's the Just, real, that, that yeah. jacks you up. You know, I remember and thinking, yeah, the people that make that look so easy. It's just impressive because like, yes, I think years about it, like, of work. Yeah. Years of work. It's like, think about going and trying to just pick up your body weight with a barbell. And doing a power clean, like and while okay, it's while it's it. rolling away, yeah. Now add like rolling away. Now add like it not being a barbell that you can grab. It's like dead piece of weight, and it's fighting you. So the squirming, <laughs> and the, the timing and the footwork and like the the technique that goes into that, like the feel is just it's nuts. How fast guys can get guys up and just boom, make it look like they're yeah. they're picking up a pillow. And you're like, you know? what? What? Yeah, yeah. like Corellin. You yeah. know, or you, yeah, three hundred or Lopez, pounds. not even yeah. Corral. Let's go Lopez. You know, like yeah. those guys that live, and you're like, what? Yeah, it's amazing. Lopez is like forty years old, and he's going to try to win his fifth Olympic title. It's just insane. It's amazing. He's yeah. wrestling this Olympic. He was, yeah, yeah. So he was, in, he was in Croatia. He was, yeah. Was he training or just yeah. competing? And yeah, he was training. It? He didn't compete, but he he was training, so he must be starting. So his, he's getting back to that. He's starting his chug for for Paris because unbelievable. And that's it's actually interesting because I've never seen Cuba at these camps before as much, and oh. now they're 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 in Europe for at least a couple months. You know, right now doing it. So it blows me away. Ninety miles off the coast of Florida, they're just one of the baddest. 
Greco, right. toughest Greco countries in the world. Like yeah. you go there and train. I remember coming home like I suck. <laughs> yeah, you know? like two weeks. Like I mean, oh, I, dude, yeah, I just get my every yeah, and just lifting me and throw. And then I wrestled the German. You know, and he just everything. You come home from these camps, you're like, okay, I got, yeah. I got better. Well, that's the great piece about it, right? Yeah. And, you, and that's the value in going over there. It's not so much like, okay, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to win all these goes and everything. I think it's really about collecting the, the data points, at least for me. And that's something that like clicked for me maybe back in like 2018 um, that I really started getting it as I'm, you know, I'm going to these camps and I'm getting all like these best guys in the world and I'm feeling them. And when I first started going over there, it was like, it's like, what's happening? You know, like I didn't understand what was going on, like, because I was getting beat so bad. But then I started understanding the position more and understanding like what their movement patterns were and what they were looking for. And then I could kind of decipher off of that where I was like, okay, all right. And then I started like defending a couple of them, right? And yeah. then I'm like, oh, this is what I did to defend that, right? So now mm-hmm. it clicked. And then I could tell the difference between when I did defend and when I didn't defend, right? Yeah. And and the difference there and it was like okay so that's that's the spot and now every time i i do get turned it's like i know it. it's gonna happen about a half second earlier because i understand my body awareness i know what yes. they're trying to do and i could see it right so like that that uh just being cognitive of, of cognitive of what's what's happening in the position is like that's what's really valuable to me with those looks and that was even valuable this last time going over there it's like okay i see what's happening and then I can go back in my room. So, like, if I'm if I'm defending, and I know that like every time I can defend, uh, you know, Canada Joe or whatever this one way, yeah. it's not about beating Canada Joe. And this it's it's okay. Canada Joe is actually, um, you know, Luis Orta or, or uh, Gattari or somebody else, and they're trying to they're trying to beat me in this position right now, and uh, and I need to defend like this in order to beat him here. And I have to like, yeah, I have to replicate that. Even if I know I'm going to win this position, no matter what, if I don't move, I have to move as if this person was on top of me because that's what I'm training for. Yep. You know what I mean? And that's what the value is in seeing that over there yep. and like being able to bring that back. And that, that helped me a lot. I remember in 2019, I would think about that because Cal Germanero was actually one of my main training partners and yes. we did, Ortiz like tore his knee. And so like, yeah, it'd be like, um, you know, Cal's going for a lift and maybe I could defend the lift a certain way, but I knew that if I didn't like do it full all the way out, that when I would go out on the mat, like I wouldn't be reacting right. So yes. uh, yeah, it's like, it's not about winning the go in the practice. It's about training the position the right way, you know, and that yeah. was, took me way too long to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, and some people yeah. never do. I mean, yeah. the fact you have is, I mean, you know, we were talking about recovery a little bit before we're sitting in the sauna as we're doing this, which is great. But, like, talk about recovery. You know, your mindset as you approach wrestling now than when we were college roommates, you yeah. know, in, in 2014. Like, I mean, talk about you've earned the right to be confident. Like you said, you have this experience and you're, I mean, talk about being in it. That's great. That's yeah. amazing. Well, yeah, it's like I'm 33 and I still feel like really good which is which is i'm really fortunate you know like to be to have been like pretty durable throughout my career you know um but like with uh like recovery stuff like definitely put a lot more emphasis on like sleep you know and making sure that i you know i get good sleep and then like food is super important you know um hydration all those kind of things like yeah 
trying to dial that in a little bit more. Like always your main focus is always like the wrestling position. That's always going to be the best, but like trying to take these other little tiny pieces and then like replicate them a little bit better to, to kind of get that extra 1% is something that I'm trying to work out a little bit more right now and making sure yeah. my body stays healthy and, yep. and balance that whole thing. Um, but yeah, you gotta, you know, you gotta, it's almost like, the older I get to, the more you realize how much of a, everybody says it's a lifestyle, right? But it's like yeah. how much of an encompassing lifestyle it really is to kind of try to like push it through. And we're trying to squeeze out the like last little margin to make like make an Olympic team yes. and Olympic yes. medal and all these things, you know. And you go into a camp to get 1% better yeah. is going to make all the difference. Exactly. Some trials, right? Yeah. And when that time comes, yeah. that's what you do. It and for. like, the you know, just like with anything, the more you lift weights, the harder it is to make those little little incremental gains and stuff but you still got to keep striving to go go forward and and find those wherever they are and keep looking under the rocks you know yeah. like one thing like, i don't know if you ever felt this but it was it's like every year like you get close you maybe you were you're kind of happy with what you did but you're always like feel like you could do it a little bit better yep. and it's part of the addiction of it you yep. know what i mean like i could do it i could do I just figured this little thing out and now I think I could do it better yes. this year. And then like every year I just feel like I'm stuck with the, the, like that, 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 that feeling. That yeah. Feeling where that. You're, you're trying to, you're just trying to chase, like I could do it a little bit better. I could do it a little bit better again, you know, and which is kind of the cool part about it, you know? Um, so yeah, just kind of try to keep refining those things. It's a process, right? It's like that 10,000 hour rule or that, the, yeah. just that, that little gain. That's a yeah. huge deal. Yeah. It's a huge deal. Especially, I mean, so talk about the Olympic process as far as, I mean, U.S. Open is done, mm -hmm. right? Is it, like, what's the trials process coming up? Yeah, so, like, uh, for the people that don't know, too, like, there's 10 weights in the World Championships and only six in the Olympics, so everything is right. uh, consolidated quite a bit. Yep. Um, and a lot of guys are moving weight classes, so everything becomes a lot more deep. Yep. Um, and then on top of that, that's uh, there's also um the weight qualification process right so not every country gets to go to the olympics um do you know how many slots there are yeah 16 good job but 16 there's 16 slots at yes. the Olympic Games. so there's, they take okay. um they take the top five guys from the world championships the year before yep and then um the two they take two guys from each continental championship so it's pan-american european asian and africa oceanic yep and then there's a last chance where they take three more guys wow and those last chance, and all these tournaments are tough. Yeah. Mind you, I yeah. mean, it's not like you're showing up and, hey, yeah, it's every country's you're, best guy. You're right? grinding. It's going to do it, you yep, know. You're fighting. So it's really, yeah, it's, I mean, it really narrows the, the pool down so much, right? Yep. Like where, um, yeah, it just makes it so much, so much more difficult and, and like the margin for error is so small. Yep. Um, and every year it just seemed like, cause it was 20 at one point. What was it when, in 2008? Do you remember? It was 20. It was 20. It was okay. 20. Random draw in. Yeah. And I'll be honest, like I didn't, I didn't go through the process. I didn't have to qualify my weight. Yeah. Right. So the guy the year before meddled and yeah, I didn't have that, you know, but I've, you watch and it's like, okay, you make the team. Yeah. That's part of it, but you got to getting the weight qualified is those, so tough yeah, those guys are heroes of themselves you know like yeah. a lot of times guys will qualify the weight and they won't make the team too you know yeah which is which is nuts like jordan holm is a good example of that yeah right? yeah like, i mean three-time world team member that qualified the weight and then you know didn't it wasn't ready on that day you it's know just like that one day it's just that one day that's how it goes yeah, right and, and um so but so that's yeah that's the process so um the tournament in december um 
I didn't I didn't end up winning that. So uh, Alex Sancho will be the guy that goes to uh, the qualifier. He was the number yeah. one guy at 67. I was the number one guy at 72 last year. Yep. Um, and December was my first time at 67, so that was a full process in itself. But yeah. 67 kilos, yeah, which is one pound, 147 point four or something like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to take a second, like. 2024, like you said, New Year's resolution. (laughs) Who's still sticking to it? But, like, talk about changing your body or that process of getting down as much or as low as you want. Yeah. So I started working with um, a training lab out of California because it's had, like, a lot of, um, uh, you know, pretty proven results and stuff. And, you know, they they said they could get me down uh, safely. And so, um, yeah, that's been a whole different, like talk about lifestyle and lifestyle change for me. Um, but it is kind of like a do or die thing. Cause back when I was, I, last time I made this weight was the day before weigh in in 2016. Yeah. And it was like, it was brutal. Like it was really bad cut. Like, yeah. uh, and it was hard on, I couldn't sleep the night before weigh-ins at all. Like I think I got like three forty-five minute naps and had to take like had to take like uh two hot baths just to relax my body i was just like i was not reacting well yes your body was shutting down and i thought i was doing a lot of stuff really well but you know uh, like the weight was did not come off well you know and uh so just and i wrestled fine i wrestled great but like um i was worried about that because now it's two hour weigh in and it's only two more pounds heavier so the Um, last time last time i made this weight before december for um for two hour weigh in was um my senior year of high school. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so the discipline, you have to be that much. And just yeah. for you guys, for everyone listening, like you said, even way back, and I wrestled the same way. I was 145 yeah. and a half, but you would weigh in, you'd wrestle 16 hours later. Mm-hmm. I mean, in that time, it's a lot of weight gain versus, yeah. hey, you got to be here and you got to compete two hours later. So you got to recover. Yeah. So that discipline getting down is a whole different. Yeah. You got to be in a, within a, you know, a good percentage of, of the weight and you know you can't yeah. drop and every little tiny thing matters so much more than it did i guess with the weight drop before you know where you have that recovery time and maybe you could cut some corners so yeah man. um yeah it's definitely a little lifestyle process but they brought me down over eight weeks um yeah. and uh yeah i was able to yeah really like change my body you know we took out a lot of a lot of stuff that i thought was like probably okay you know yeah, yeah, yeah. this ain't okay yeah. this is not it, it. changed my whole <laughs> metabolic system and and um yeah it was pretty nuts to see what happened it definitely was not easy though it was like it was like hitting hitting the uh the challenge head on yep. you know and, and uh, changing your habits and but it definitely reveals like kind of the stuff that <laughs> maybe you were uh Maybe depending on that you didn't think you were dependent yeah. on, right? Caffeine, like caffeine or caffeine and coffee and sugar like, and yeah, little sugar spikes or you know, even like Yeah, stuff that was spiking my blood sugar that maybe wasn't good for my, you know, overall metabolic system and stuff. And, and uh so still working through that a little bit, but uh it's uh it's definitely been a process. I learned a lot. I'm still learning, obviously. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean Yeah, I'll just say as a friend man, like Props to you for having the courage and discipline just to, to, to do that. Because it's like you're like you said, if you're in a weight or in the middle of, you know, two weights, you gotta go up or down, right? Yeah. So it's like And it's tough to, a tough decision, right? You know, like you're definitely a true true in betweener and yep. I weighed out a lot of factors and I just kinda of felt like a pull that I that I needed to go down and, and uh so I just, 
again, like leaving the stone unturned and yeah, kind of scratching the, the itch there. It's like, well, I got to see this through. Otherwise, it's going to be in the back of my head, you know? Yeah, no, real. Yeah. I've, I've gone up before. I went up in 2021 and didn't quite work out. It worked out okay, but not as well as I wanted it to. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I had a hard time getting, like, getting really, really, like, at the full size that I needed to. Like, yeah. So, I, uh, yeah, just kind of had to, we got to make a decision. You got to make a decision one way or the other. Yeah. I mean, unbelievable. And there's a big difference. Like, I remember wrestling 145, going up to 163 years after I went big. Those guys were coming down from, like, 200, 195. Yeah, for sure. And I remember thinking, what am I doing? You know, I had the same thing. Kind of caught in that middle. And yeah. It, it re- yeah. And I'm not saying, like, cutting more weight is the answer. And this no. is, like, this is you know, mostly on my last run and things like that. So it's kind of yeah. like I got to do everything to make it happen. Um, cause even I, there was a lot of benefit from me going up in 20, I yeah. learned a lot about wrestling by doing that. You got better uh, I got a yeah. lot better. And I think that was really important for me to go up a weight at yeah. that time because it forced me to, I'm like, like you said, like a very physical style, like a bully people that forced me to like learn position a lot better because yes. I, you know, I, it couldn't just bully people. You're not there. just, you're not pulling it. Yeah. yeah. When they're that big, you got to have the skill. Yeah. You got to back it up. Exactly. So I, I learned a lot like doing that as well and i thought i could help grow as a wrestler and i had a lot more no i had a lot of fun doing that yeah, too you know yeah. what I, mean? I wrestled more matches that year i trained a lot more than i ever did you know and so that was uh that was pretty cool i mean talk to me about i mean last couple things i will get out this is great. I'm here in here I think this is the new format for the podcast. <laughs> yes, just yeah. the sweat by the truth. <laughs> it all comes out. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, what advice would you give to to people like, again, just watching you compete? You're gritty. You're tough. You fight hard. Fight so hard. Like, what advice would you give to to any young kids coming up, right? That are like, because you hear people have dreams. They want to go to college. They want to. You know, whether it's making world teams or chasing Olympic dream for those kids, what, what advice would you give them? Yeah, I think like, um, you know, like this is a lot of business books and everybody talks about this thing on podcasts, but uh, the, like you heard of the Stockdale paradox, right? Um, yeah, Jane Stock, yeah, the, the, yeah, I'm going to butcher it a little bit, but basically he says, you know, um, <laughs> and he's talking about he's a prisoner of war and uh, was it Vietnam or Korea or something? And, um, uh, you know, he talked about like the optimists and the guys that would just say stuff like, oh, we're going to be out by Thanksgiving. These are coming and they wouldn't, they wouldn't go away. And then, and then eventually they broke, you know, because they were yeah. holding on so hard to that. Right. But then there was also the pessimists that were like, that were like, this is never going to happen. And they broke right away too, you know, and it yeah. didn't happen. But the guys that made it out were the guys that were like, you know, I don't know how long this is going to take. And I don't know. And I know, and I know what the certain circumstances are right now. And I know what I have to do to get through the, like today and stuff. And I know, but I, I know eventually I'm going to find a way out, but I don't know when that's going to be, you know, and I'm accepting that fact. Now, like to say that, like, I, I say that because I think like for me and like my career, one of the things that like looking back, it's all in hindsight 2020 is like, maybe I got enough success at certain times to keep me going, but not enough to ever make me want to quit. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. and, uh, um, like, so, just like you want to like whatever your goals are and stuff like don't be discouraged i think like two things that are really important are persistence and consistency yeah. right like and doesn't matter where like you start it's like you can get to the finish it's just how you get there is going to be different for everybody right and everybody's path 
it's never linear straight up it's it's up it's down it's you know it oscillates all the way around We've reached the end of another impactful episode of Thrive Without Limits with your host, Jake Deichler. We hope the insight shared today will continue to resonate with you on your journey to unlimited potential. Don't miss out on future episodes by subscribing. And if you enjoyed today's content, we'd appreciate your feedback through a review. Keep thriving. And until next time, remember to live without limits.